Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Bing the bing bong, bing bong. Bing the bing bong, bing bong. Bing the bing bong. What's happening here? Oh, it's your birthday soon, isn't it? It's my birthday soon. I'm seeing myself have a birthday bing-bongs. I just realised I should do something (laughs) for your birthday. Is there anything that you – you probably don't want anything actually. (laughs) I think this gift – Don't get me anything. Don't do anything. The gift of podcasting is enough, I feel. (laughs) That is, I still feel incredibly true. When someone tells you not to do anything for their birthday, they don't mean it. I mean it. Yeah, but you're not most people. But no, if I did literally nothing, like I know you mean you don't want like a surprise party or or to do anything. But if I got you nothing, like zero presents or anything. No, that's fair. Yeah. No, I just meant like if I'm like, hey, don't do anything for my birthday, I mean don't physically make me do anything. (laughs) That's what you mean. But you don't mean don't get me a thoughtful gift. No, I don't mean that. Yeah. And I just always feel if you're unsure, err on the side of get them a bloody birthday present. Just get them something, even if it's something small. Even if it's like a mop. (laughs) Wives. A Roomba. A Roomba. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Something that will make. Yes. Nothing functional as in like, I mean, actually that is so not true because you have to know the person. I was talking about this with Jane Harper, the author. Oh my God, here we go. We're (laughs) never going to hear the end of it. Oh my goodness. Hello. Before we get into that, my name is Claire Tonti. James Clement is here. Also, we are married and welcome to Suggestible, a podcast where we recommend you things to watch, read and listen to. Yeah. We're so glad you're here. Okay. Back to my um, shameless name drop. Yep, yep, yep. So um, listeners would be familiar if you've been listening from the start that I love Jane Harper's book, The Dry, that mm-hmm. was turned into a movie starring the one and only, only Eric Banner. I also love um, that book and movie. Yes, and I have subsequently recommended all her other books as well, which mm. are excellent. Anyway, I got to interview her this week and I lost my tiny mind. I've never been so nervous. In fact, I just kept walking around the house being like, nervous, 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 yeah, you nervous, 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 nervous. And I'm like, is she nervous? <laughs> I, I was terrified oh. and then poor Collings because the sound was a bit like dodgy and her internet was not great and her, it was just a whole thing. I think it will be fine though. Yeah. But back to what I was talking to her about because there's actually quite a romance element to this book. Oh. Which is really exciting. I love a big kiss. Yeah, because she's got a new book that's just come out today actually, on the 20th of September. So right, right, right. when we release this, it'll be out for a couple yeah. of days. But she was talking about how, and there's a scene that she writes beautifully, that to her romance is not about giant big gestures where you end up really cold on a boat at 7pm at night and you weren't sure that you were supposed to be there and you're actually afraid of water or something or like a high in a hot air balloon or at a weird French restaurant, which we sat out once. <laughs> Do you remember we went out on Valentine's Day once and we went to this like weird French restaurant and they'd crammed like a oh, million like couples in. 400 people Yeah, in and there was like red roses on the tables but it was so awkward and awful and yeah. forced and we were basically rubbing shoulders with 
like couples on either side of us. It was very romantic. Yeah, anyway, she was saying there's very quiet romance and wonderful romance in practicality. Right, yeah. And yeah. being really thoughtful mm. and knowing your partner. Yeah. So there's a scene in her book where the lead detective, Aaron Fork, He's back. Um, he takes his lady friend to a beautiful view. But what he does do is he like brings sparkling water and with the champagne and sort of says that he'll drive but also that he knows she needs to be back to do her job. So they're just going. And he's also bought her like nice warm clothes and it's like this lovely kind of very practical, romantic but also thoughtful date. Wow, that should call him Aaron Forkful. 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 Is that anything? What I just did then? That was pretty good. Was it? I kind of, I don't think it I was. I started playing, in my head I started going to like a swear word, like a bit of an F-U-C-K. Oh, okay. And I'm like, yeah, where yeah. is he going with this? Aaron. No. Aaron Fork has been through a lot, Claire. I would never Aaron besmirch his name. a lot. That's what my brain get doing it. And I was like, I no, think he Claire, does a regular amount of that. And yeah, not anyway. Not too much and not too little. I'm so sorry, Jane Harper. I've already butchered your lovely lead character. Anyway. Back to what you were saying about the mop. Most likely don't get your wife a mop for a birthday. However, if your wife like has a passion for cleaning, and some people actually do. Sure. And there is like some fancy incredible mop that she's been looking at for ages, then that actually could be a really thoughtful present if you know your person really well. Uh, It's a real gamble. But if you know them really well. Do you know what I mean? I do. I think it's also like it should be that and like another thing though also. Not just like... Here's a mop. Here's a mop. Totally. But remember that year that you bought me a wheelbarrow and I loved it. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's because I bloody love a garden. Yeah. But for, some, for another person, that would have been a real slap in the old vulva. <laughs> what the hell? In the old What is face. happening in this episode? I I'm getting very raunchy. I just am so excited. <laughs> that's, that's raunchy, isn't it? <laughs> that's as far as that's as raunchy as Claire gets. <sighs> anyway. Back to Jane Harper. I'm very excited to talk about her new book, Exiles. Would you like to go first, though? Oh, sure. I mean, I'm, I mean, no, you, you're in it, so you may as well. I may as well. All right. Okay. So, so you may may remember the dry detective Aaron Fork goes back to his hometown in rural Victoria that's drought stricken because there's been a horrible murder and he has to investigate. There's also obviously some really dark history there in the town, mm. and anyway, and that kind of unfolds. Then the second book that he is also in is called Force of Nature and that's when he has to go and investigate a disappearance I've in Bushland. I've read Bushlands. both of those. Yeah. You have and that's really good too. So mm. Exiles is the third book in the, that series. Yes. And I'll just read the little synopsis. At a busy festival site. Just, just while you're reading that, what should I do? Oh, look hot. Okay. <laughs> As in sweaty. Oh, no, I am, yeah. No, look, look, look pensive. Okay. Not con- I didn't say constipated. It's pensive. <laughs> what is that? You look. Why are you scrunching your face up? It's pensive. Look, look, look. Engaged. Oh, thought. <laughs> it's just like I mean, this is an audio medium. But it's like, like eyes are falling. It's like that. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. really? That is it. Gosh, let me get on with my job. Please go on. They're professionals. <laughs> I can't do it. Why you just silly face is looking at me? All right, I'm so excited. I'm just going to barrel along. At a busy festival site on a warm spring night, a baby lies alone in her pram, her mother vanishing into the crowds. A year on, Kim Gillespie's absence casts a long shadow as her friends and loved ones gather deep in the heart of the South Australian wine country Mm. to welcome a new addition to the family. Joining the celebrations is, as we said, Aaron Fork, but as he soaks up life in the Lush Valley, he begins to suspect this tight-knit group may be more fractured than it seems. 
Between Falk's closest friend, a missing mother and a woman he's drawn to, dark questions linger as long-ago truths begin to emerge. Oh. Yes, and Jane Harper is really expert. In the interview that I do with her this week, we talk about how she loves a double kind of mystery. So usually in her books there's the main mystery but there's also a secondary one and it becomes unclear whether or not they're connected and she likes kind of pulling all those threads together. And she also writes really beautifully conversation between characters Yes, and you really get to know them and overall most of her characters are good-hearted even when they make kind of flawed decisions. Sure. And I feel like that's another reason why her books have done so well because Mm. there is a real humanity to her characters the other thing, obviously, a staggering amount yeah, has been and the, sold, sold as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I think over 1.5 million in Australia and 3.5 million globally. Yeah, it's just insane. I mean, Aaron Fork is said to be played by Eric Banner in the second movie now, Force a of second Nature, movie. and I'm assuming they'll probably turn Exiles into a film. Presumably, yeah. presumably, if as this well. one does as well as the other. Yeah, one. yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, our son and his friend are playing Mario Party next door. So if you're like, why are there kids in the background? That's why. School holidays. We can't move them anywhere else because our daughter's sleeping inside, so they can't play Mario Kart in the house because then they'll wake her up and then we have to stop the podcast. Anyways, just so you know what's happening. If you're a parent out there, you know what's what. You know what's, you know what. what's up. Uh, so, yeah, I really recommend reading Exiles. I really enjoyed it. It's a lot. I would say it's less violent um, okay. than her previous, than, than, particularly than The Dry. Yeah, um, the dry's not so, like super violent. No, though. it's more that yeah. it's quite graphic. The crime yeah. in the dry oh, well, that, that is, is very, actually, very that's graphic. A very good point. Yeah, where and what she does so well is using the Australian landscape as a character in the in her books, and she describes each setting so beautifully. And so, from you know outback Queensland. Now she's writing about um, the South Australian wine country, which yeah. is just glorious. It's set at a, at a wine festival as well. Ah. So the disappearance of, of Kim, the mother, where she leaves her newborn in a pram is heartbreaking. But there's also a lovely romantic thread throughout the book, which is kind of really lovely to read as well. I would, I really recommend it if you enjoyed her other books. I also, I think one of my favourites is actually The Lost Man, mm. which is set in that rural Queensland, kind of in these really isolated, remote that's, areas. That's the un-Aaron Fork one. Though, yeah, that's it? not yeah. Aaron Fork. And the other one that I really loved that was set in Tasmania is called The Survivors. So, oh. um, so if you're after just a standalone book, those two are both great. You don't have to have read any of the others. And actually, you don't really have had to have read the other ones to enjoy Excel's, though I recommend Right, okay, So starting with The Dry and then moving on from there. The Dry is also like, if you haven't read any of these, it's it's well worth it if if you're just like, oh yeah, you want someone to read that's. Yeah, it's a real page turner. Real page turner. Yeah, and we talk a lot in the interview with Jane about her um, approach to writing and she writes really methodically because she was a print journalist. I find that interesting. I've Mm. talked before on the show about how she was working full time and she just decided now or never, and set aside like an hour a day. She would stay in her work uniform and sit down after work and write a little bit each day or get up a little bit early and do it that way. But she explains really specifically in the interview that she starts backwards. So she'll actually yeah. start with the the scene that incorporates all the characters kind of at the end of the book, that kind of Sherlock Holmes-esque kind of vibe yeah. where you know who's done it and what's, what the problem has been and why they've been murdered and all of that stuff. So she starts with that scene and then she works back from there, mm. which I find really interesting. And she starts kind of methodically plotting out what scenes need to occur for that scene to happen. Yes. And so as she works her way back, she'll start with just sentences 
and then and kind of go scene by scene by scene by scene. And then each of those scenes she'll then flesh out more to figure out exactly who needs to be in each of those scenes and why. Right, okay. Which I find really interesting. And so she works at works backwards, eventually having maybe 50,000 words that is the chapters then set out with all the scenes that need to be there, which is how she kind of makes all the threads work. And once she's got 50,000 words that she's really happy with the way it is all set out, then she'll go back to the beginning and start writing. Really? Which I find really interesting. So she's very methodical. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing she said I thought you might find interesting too is that when she's spoken to other writers about her process, some of them are horrified. Why? Because they like to just start and then just go. Yeah. Or they, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, yeah. Or they might work around in a more creative way. Like they might start building their characters out first and doing deep research into those particular types of characters. Or they might just have that kind of lightning strike and feel like they just need to write. Yeah. And get a sense of it all. You know, well, like. There's no right or wrong way, is there? No, yeah. there really isn't. And I, I found that so interesting. She said, and some of these writers she's speaking to are, you know, giant bestsellers. Yeah. And just they can't come at any way near why she writes that that particular way in such a prescriptive way. I mean, way. it doesn't matter because it obviously works for her, you know. Yeah. So why would you mess with that? Exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, not that. It, I mean, maybe she'd want to switch it up at some point. But yeah, it seems. I, I like that. That sounds good to me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, as a, yeah, as a method. Yeah. I, having never written anything. but <laughs> <laughs> Why does it sound good to you? I don't know. I like the idea of having it all mapped out and then as you're writing it, you know exactly kind of where it's going, like thoroughly. I think it's similar to um, a lot of filmmakers um, that I like, they they storyboard the entire movie. So they've not only they've, they've visualised it so, so many times and they have that representation of that in front of them when they go to shoot each individual scene or even shots within scenes. So you don't get there on the day and like, uh, I don't know, put the camera there or whatever, you know, you know exactly what you're looking for, mm. which is, again, something I have not done. No, but it's really interesting. I guess in a way it also makes it seem more achievable. I think so, yeah, totally, yeah. you're not kind of just hoping for the, the best. The idea of like working backwards I don't think is like that's not uncommon, but then to then flesh it out to the point where it's like 50,000 words and then starting from the start, like I'd never heard that yeah, before. before. Yeah. I know, I found that really interesting. Well, it sounds like a great interview, Claire. I wonder <laughs> when it's coming out. It's coming out not this Friday next, so yeah. 30th of September. Paul Collins has his work cut out for him to put the um, audio together in a in a way that makes sense. But um, I really loved it. She also talks a bit about what it was like to make Eric Banner and the process of the book being turned into a screenplay. Yeah, right. Which I thought, because that film also did really well. Yeah, it did, yeah, especially considering it's like it's pretty low budget, you know. So yeah, totally. You don't need a, like a, you know, it doesn't need to be like a $400 million movie. No. To, to obviously do, which, totally. which is why it's getting a sequel, obviously. Totally. Yeah. One other interesting fact before we move on to your recommendation, I mm. thought in this interview, we talk about mum guilt and what that yes. feels like because in 2016 when The Dry was an unfinished manuscript or an unpublished manuscript, she just put it into a competition for unpublished manuscripts as a deadline. Right, okay. And then just never thought anything of it. And it won and she was utterly shocked and then a bidding war started over this book. Yeah. But what I find so fascinating is at the same time as that came out, she just had got married, she got pregnant and had a baby. So literally that year 2016, her entire life completely changed and she talks about what that was like and also how much of a different person she is from the person that wrote The Dry yeah, right. She yeah. was writing the drive, working full time as a print journalist and not married and not with no kids. 
to suddenly being a global best-selling author with now two children. Yeah. And now becoming a full-time author. I mean, that's just, it's so interesting. Insanity. Yeah, I know. Anyway, okay, over to you. Wow. Claire, I, I watched a movie and this movie is called Beast and it's from the year 2022. It's directed by Balthazar Kormakur. Uh, who is a director who known for other movies, including the movie Two Guns with Mark Wahlberg and probably Denzel Washington, which I haven't seen, mm-hmm. but also better movies, including this one. It stars Idris Elba. You familiar with him? Mm-hmm. He was in the latest Suicide Squad movie. Did you watch that one where they fight a giant starfish? No, I didn't. You didn't watch that one? No, I haven't. Okay. Sorry. Good. Haven't watched any of the Suicide Squads. Uh, you, uh, you, the second one is is, uh, is pretty good. Uh, it's really violent, though. You probably wouldn't like it. Uh, it also stars Ayana Halley. Leah Sava and Shato Copley. Uh, sh- sorry, Copley. Doesn't matter. He's the guy from uh, District 9. You know, he's like, bronze. <laughs> that guy. That's a good movie. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really bold of you to say that that <laughs> really popular and beloved movie is a good movie. They are going to do a sequel. Apparently it is happening because I don't know if you remember, that movie ends on a, on a pretty significant cliffhanger and then they're like, see you in two years or whatever. And then it like... That was camp, that was two thousand and nine. Because he turns into a prawn alien, turns, and then yeah. the ending is that he ends up going on the ship with them. Is that no? Right? He stays behind, and they go and say they'll be back to cure him. Ah, so the aliens go to find him a cure. Yeah, and the, what a whole other thing, and whatever. I remember I watched that when we were living. Well, we weren't living in South Africa; we were living in Tanzania, and I watched that on a laptop. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> In my life, and I didn't not knowing anything going into it. It kind of starts as a weird kind of documentary, sort of Blair Witch thing. Five, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, sort of not even. And then it turns into just like and then it's body horror, and then it ends with like him in a mech, like shooting people. It just like it just blows all out. It's really great. It's a great movie. Anyways, this movie Beast. Here's the synopsis. Claire, if you'd be so kind as to uh, look, I would pensive. love a synopsis. So recently, widowed. Hit me with it. He recently widowed Dr. Nate Daniels and his two teenage daughters travel to South Africa to a South African game reserve managed by um, Chateau Scopely, he's that guy, yeah, an old friend and wildlife biologist. However, what began as a journey of healing soon, soon turns into a fearsome fight for survival when a lion, a survivor of bloodthirsty poachers, begins stalking them. So do you know what the kind of movie this is, Claire? It's like when Adam was trying to kill people. It's like one of those movies. You love these kind I of do. Movies. So I do. So it, I love animals stalking and killing a person movies, right? For example, the shark in, in Jaws is a good example. Uh, the lions in The Ghost in the Darkness, another lion uh, hunting mm. movie. The dog in Cujo, Meryl Streep in The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, these are all ouch. examples of predators. <laughs> Claire stalking yes. people. Um, so look. It's exactly what you think it would be, you know? Like it's a man who has to fight a lion and protect his family, but also his family are also fighting the lion alongside him at at the same time. So it's basically this lion you see at the start, like its whole pride is killed by poachers, so it just goes berserk and just starts just murdering anybody and and everybody. It also uses lots of wonners or... Uh, or, or at least makes it seem like they're one which is where it looks like one really long extended shot. Oh, you like you're always banging on about these. I like him some of the time. It depends if they're done well or necessary. But I feel like this, like there's a lot of lot of this movie. Not all of it is set inside a inside a Land Rover, and so you kind of you're in the car with like with the characters, and it's like whipping around trying to figure out like where the which direction the line is is coming from. And the other thing is. 
the lions in this because there's there's a few of them. They're completely CGI, and it's it's. I mean, they'd have to be because of the stuff that is done in this. But it's incredible. Like it looks amazing, and on top of that, the performances also match that because if the person's like, oh no, I'm being eaten by a lion or whatever, you know, it, 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 they sell it really well. So it's like people in mocap suits, you know, like attacking and pouring at Idris Elba or whoever, and he's like reacting realistically. And it's, it's like quite gory, people getting like slashed and bitten and screaming and all of those kinds of things. But no, it's good. It's a movie where a man has to has to kill a lion. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's exactly what it is. And it's well worth checking out, why I think, if you're it, into that. Why is it that you love those kind of movies so much? Because I remember when we first started dating, you showed me Ghost in the Darkness yeah. as one of your favourite movies. What is it? I don't know if it's no. It's not one of my favorite movies. I'm just like this is a fun movie about a lion okay. that Val Kilmer well, has to why, shoot. Why is it those type of movies that you quite like? Because you don't like horror. No, I like horror enough. No, but that's the thing. I don't love these either. There's a bunch of these that I'm watched that I watch that I'm like I don't love this. The Meg. No, I don't like the Meg. The Meg sucks. <laughs> it's a bad movie. But uh, like for example, with the movie Rogue. Have you seen that one with the giant crocodile? I think you yes, have seen I have. that. I liked that one. Yeah, that's an incredible movie. I think so. Yeah, I think I there, do too. But there are other examples, uh, like the movie Supermarket Shark, where a shark gets into a supermarket, which is like <laughs> it's not as good. Or but snakes it's on like, a plane. Snakes on a plane, which I admittedly I've never seen. Like there are good and bad examples of all of this. But um, what I'm saying, Wolf Fight. That's another one with Liam Neeson's Wolf Fight. <laughs> It's actually called The Great. But there are – that's actually a spectacular movie like outside. Yeah, I love – that wasn't the, a, a beautiful It's not movie. really about the wolves. It's – I mean it is, but, you know, it's a whole lot of other stuff going on there. But I don't know. I think it's just, you know, a good movie is, is a good movie and I think, you know, this is this is that, I feel. All right. What's that on? Uh, it's on – I think it's streaming at the moment, but I th- it also is still in cinemas, I believe. Yeah, it should be. Oh, so it's just – No, it is still in cinemas, yeah. But I think it's also – Maybe just started streaming or will be soon. Oh, not. great. Yeah. Excellent. All right. I actually might watch that. Maybe, but now you've talked about it, so maybe not. <laughs> you should watch it, Claire. Do I you should like actually. Idris Elba? Do you I like do. photography? I love photography. It's got a lot of photography. It's oh, got a lot go. of beautiful South African photographies. Oh, amazing. We kind of did that. We went on a safari and got was, drove into a pride of lions. We did. We killed them all. <laughs> Great. Except for that one that got away. Oh, my God. There'll just be news reports now about a couple that murdered a whole lot of lions. Terrible. Well, you know. We did it. For the record. Yeah. By the way, I told these kids, I'm like, hey, we're we're doing a podcast. Can you keep it down? And they're like, yep. Then They don't listen, Claire. They don't listen. Kids these days, they don't have any respect for me specifically. (laughs) I'm sure there's a meme like that that just says kids, these kids don't listen. These goddamn kids, they never listen. Totally. Exactly. These youths. All right. Uh, one of my favourite memes is about laundry to do with parenting and it's just like if you think that you're – if one of your dreams is to finish your laundry or something, you need to find a new dream. And I can't remember. It's worded much better than that. But No, very. I think it's the perfect Anyway, amount. correct. There's just never-ending buckets of laundry. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Okay, moving right along. I have a parenting podcast to recommend. Um, I know. Anyway, but actually, surprisingly, I usually, I know for someone that talks a lot about parenting, you think I love reading parenting books. I really don't. I hate reading parenting Me books. Me too. So annoying. Um, however, I do love Dr. Becky, who I've talked about before. Yes. So Dr. Pecky is a clinical psychologist and mum of three named the Millennial Parenting Whisperer by Time magazine. She's rethinking the way we raise our children, empowering parents to feel sturdier and more equipped to manage the challenges of parenting. Dr. Pecky is founder of the Good Inside membership platform, a hub with Dr. Pecky's complete parenting content collection all in one place, author of Good Inside, A Guide to Becoming the Parent You Want to Be, which is out this month. And her podcast, Good Inside with Dr. Becky, was one of Apple Podcast's best shows of 2021. My goodness. Now, I know I've talked about her before, but I wanted to talk about a specific podcast where she's interviewed by one of my favorites, Glennon Doyle, on her podcast, We Can Do Hard Things. It's called Breaking Cycles and Reparenting Yourself. And a massive light bulb went on for me during this, actually a million light bulbs, but one of which was something that I think innately I've always known. People often say to me that I'm good with kids and obviously I'm a teacher and, yes, I love kids and that's really fun. But actually also, what I, a lot of teachers aren't good with kids. <laughs> Correct. Actually, and that doesn't mean I was a good teacher. It just meant that I like kids. But what I realised is, yes, I like kids, but actually kids are just small people and I like people. Yeah. And that's what I like about teaching and about working with kids and maybe because kids are less filtered than adults. So their humanity is just, it's kind of just out there for you yeah, to see okay. yeah, in a different sense. kind of way, which is what I loved about teaching. You, There's less kind of all of all the bullshit layers that adults have put on themselves by the time they, you know, get to their 30s yeah. and 40s. So it was such a light bulb parenting moment for me and life moment for me because Dr. Becky's whole message is actually... Not so much about, and there's a lot of specific things to do with how to teach your kids and, and grow your kids into good people, but her real message underlying is you are good inside mm. as a person, oh, as a human. these bloody kids won't marry a party, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah, but you are good inside mm. as a person and a human and you need to feel sturdy as a parent to then parent effectively. Okay, yeah. And that when we talk about, problems with our kids and issues with with our kids, what we want them to know as well that is that they are good inside and that their mistakes and their foibles and their emotional outbursts and their, you know, inability to self-regulate and snatching something from their sister and punching their brother or whatever it is, mm. that doesn't change the fact that they're good inside. And I think it sounds like a simple message, but actually I think that's really profound because I think there's a lot of adults walking around with this idea that maybe they're not good inside. Right. Reflected in the kind of behaviour that they make or the choices that they make or the where their life's taken them. Mm. They have this idea that maybe they're not good. And actually that idea that we're all intrinsically good inside, that maybe we're having a hard day or a hard time. Yeah. Is such a light bulb for me. And in this particular episode, they talk about the three most important things to say to your kids and your partner every day. Oh. Which I find so valuable. Turn it off. <laughs> Turn that thing down. And actually the first one, and I won't go into the other two because I really want you to listen to the episode, but the first one is just I believe you. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So rather than I think when kids are having a massive meltdown or something's really difficult or frightening, often our response is don't be frightened, don't mm. be scared, don't be sad. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Don't don't feel the way you're feeling. Mm. Whereas 
I think that message is so comforting. If you just start with, I believe you, I see you, I'm sorry you're feeling that way. That must be really hard. Like that's massive, not just for kids, but for adults to be validated in that way and not have the feeling that they're having dismissed. And then once you start from there, then you can kind of build up into listening and sitting beside them. Mm. I think a lot of times yeah. they, because they, yeah, they, they want to be heard. They want to be believed, you know, because to them and, it, and not just to them, it's true that they're feeling a certain way. Like that is, that is true. Yeah, completely. And what she talks about a lot, which I think was also powerful, is that what's really happening when kids are dysregulated and also often when people make really stupid choices and are feeling what they're feeling, it's actually about aloneness Mm. and feeling alone in the moment, even if they're surrounded by people. It's like I feel alone in this because I'm the only one that is feeling scared or frightened or... I've hit someone, so therefore I'm a bad kid. Yeah. And I feel alone now in that badness, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so, what I love so much about her message in this episode is that it's not our job to kind of just, just be the dictators and kind of yelling at our kids whenever they've done something wrong. It's about A, teaching them the skills. So, when that issue comes up again, they're more likely to behave in the way we want them yes. to. But B, sitting beside them. Mm. So rather than dismissing their feelings or or saying don't feel that way, don't feel that way, she has this beautiful analogy that made me cry, which is just that kids won't remember when they're adults all the minute things that we've done for them. But what we want them to remember is that we were there beside them mm. because our bodies remember feelings long after our brains have forgotten them. Yeah. And so when some when bad things happen to them when they're older, when we're not there and we're not able to be there, you want their body to have that feeling of you sitting beside them. Mm. And they might not even be able to articulate anything. They're not but like, you know, something bad might happen to them as a teenager yeah. and, and they're at a party. Mm. They're not going to go, oh, now I feel my mother's feel presence. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a feeling of security I'd in their like, body. Oh, I feel my mother's presence. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't. You love your mum. But, you know, it's that it's that idea that they've got a firm, sturdy anchoring yeah. in their body and they've got a like an imprint of you just being beside them. Watching them. Watching them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, though? that absolutely makes sense, yeah. And I, yeah. T- I, t- I, totally, I totally understand just, that. I just think it's so lovely. The other thing she says is she talks about why poorly behaved kids can be a sign of good parenting. <laughs> Wow, that is uh, that's a bold <laughs> statement. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I love this so much. I it's such a mind flip, right? Because she says, "What do we value in kids at this age? We often value kids who are compliant, quiet, just like don't demand their feelings, Nerds. don't you know? But I just like say their please and thank yous, seen and not heard, and then we kind of go, well, those and eat, you know, everything that's put in front of them, all of that stuff, and we praise those parents as good parents because they they're clearly doing the right thing, yeah, you know. And the parents whose kids are wild and talking back, and you know, doing some of those other kind of behaviors, having big feelings at parties, and you know, outbursts, we can kind of say, well, you know, there's a judgment layer that can come in around that stuff. And she was saying, but what do we want as adults? We value people who are opinionated, who are confident, who speak their mind, who can articulate how they're feeling, can think differently and outside of the box, take initiative, you know, all of those things Um, and self-regulate as well. 
And so it's not about not giving your kids boundaries, but it's about understanding that maybe the the fact that your kid is able to articulate how they're feeling and what they need in that moment means that you're teaching them properly how to self-regulate rather than parenting from a place of fear. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because something dangerous she talks about in this is that if we parent with fear, like just instilling fear into our kids, as we grow older, we're likely to seek that kind of relationship out in a partner. Mm. And so then you might end up in a relationship with someone who you're scared of, Mm. which is in itself a big one. That's like me. (laughs) Great, you're terrified of me. Anyway, and obviously as she talks about doing this episode, patterns of behaviour in adulthood um, might be patterns of behaviour, but we're always able to be rewired and relearn. So just, you know, we're all going to mess up our kids in our own special way and they're going to be able to also rewire and unlearn the things that haven't served them. Like we're not, you know, just because we have not necessarily always made the best choices for our kids doesn't mean growing up that they're screwed forever. Or if we've had difficult childhoods that we will then are just doomed to make the same patterns. It's about rewiring and unlearning all of that stuff. But wouldn't it be great if we didn't have to unlearn some of it. Oh, absolutely. And also that kind of gives you some insight into maybe why we've chosen in the past particular partners that we have, and you know, as people. Anyway, it's just, I can't explain it other than that it's absolutely, I think, a real game-changing episode. So it's called Breaking Cycles and Reparenting Yourself. We can do her things with Glenn and Doyle and Dr. Becky Good inside. Wow, Claire, that sounds boring. Let's continue... <laughs> You don't have any uh, other opinions on that? No, I have many opinions on that, Claire. Well, I think, no, it's, I mean, you know, we're all trying, aren't we? We're all like, oh, God. Uh, Every day with this. Have I fucked up this permanently forever? Uh, but no, it's, I, I don't know. It, I get, I think it's, you know, resilience isn't just like, get, put yourself together, get on with it or whatever. You know, I think that's not necessarily healthy to tell kids. Whereas, you know, offering them that kind of support. Obviously, you can, you can see how that – like it seems obvious, but it's, you know, but it's not kind of the way that things are kind of set up, you know. Yeah, and you said to me when I brought this up the other day, you also like that idea that our kids are able to actually stand up for themselves and articulate yeah. their needs. Yeah. And it's not about being rude, but it's about having sturdiness in themselves. I love that, like when our kids yeah. are like no to something that they don't want to do. If You know, it can obviously be difficult, but they're just like they, they're secure enough in themselves to be like – Politely. Yeah, politely like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm no, not going to do you. that or, yeah. or no thank you and, and whatever, yeah. Yeah, because I do think, and I don't know if this is true for you, but I know for a particularly a lot of women it becomes really difficult to be able to articulate what we want. Yeah. And actually saying no and putting in boundaries can be some of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Because it's all about people pleasing and putting aside our own feelings for mm. others. and Exactly. You know, and, and also... Yeah, obviously being aware of other people's feelings, obviously that's important. Exactly. Of, yeah. So, you know, it's all swings and roundabouts. Anyway, over to you. Well, yeah, I was just going to say one of the moments that stood out for me, this is when we were on holiday recently. I, I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but there was a moment when we were staying. Should I tell the story about our son and the yeah, water? Yeah, I yeah, think it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I thought it was great, but um, but it was also like embarrassing. But I also had great. really complex feelings about it. Yeah, I know. It. It's great. Uh, but so it... You know, you could, he, he figured out he'd go up to the bar and just, like, order snacks and whatever, you know, because he, he figured that out the place we're staying at. So, and there was this woman there and she was, like, an older lady and, like, every time you'd speak to her, she'd say, like, the opposite of what you were saying and it's like, fucking just stop being, why are you doing this? Why are you being, like, I've just been, like, hey, it's a nice day and it's like, well, is it, you know, because yesterday and it's like, hey, fucking shut up. I don't, I'm not really, I don't want to engage in any of that. To be fair, he didn't say any of that to her. 
No, obviously yeah. I didn't. I was just no. like, great, good talk or whatever. But anyway, son goes up to the bar and I order, order him some, some, some fries or whatever. And I said, she happened to be there and I said something like, you know, I found out the secret of parenting, it's like 80% snacks, you know, like keeping him fed. And nothing comment. It doesn't mean anything, you know. It's just like, ah, you know, kids, you got to feed them or whatever. She was like, well, I think, you know, it's actually good for kids to be to be hungry, you know. It's good to have them have that feeling of like knowing what it's like to be hungry and go hungry. And I'm like, what? Like, and before I could get into like, well, that's obviously not true because, you know, I have a background in education. If kids aren't hungry, they can't function properly. They can't think. It's good for brain development. It's good for them to stay focused at whatever. I didn't get to say any of that. It just kind of... Somebody else came along and it just kind of split apart and I'm like, ah, fuck, I wish I'd, I should have said something, right? But I, I didn't. It just kind of moved on. And then after I left with our son, I was just like, hey, in not, not this language, but I was like, that's bullshit. Don't worry about that. Like that woman's just, she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then later at dinner, she was sitting like five minute, five meters away oh, and he was boy. facing her and he's like, mom. And he points, he's like, that's the woman who said kids should be hungry. She said, I'm like, no, no. And he's like, no, because you said also that she said that kids should be hungry. And that's not true. And I'm like, yeah, that, no, you're right. That is, that is not true. I am just mortified, <laughs> like dying inside. Just like, and, and like 100% oh. she heard it. There is no way so, she didn't hear it. Oh God, it was yeah. so awkward. And, and to be fair, had, she didn't talk to me again. So no, was, and we had to sit there for the rest <laughs> of the dinner. We were literally like half a meter from her. And it's like three-course uh, meal. But also I'm like, yeah, she, she was just talking shit. Like you're allowed to, you know, stand up for yourself and that's, that's fine, you know. Yeah, he's so sure. He's got a really deep sense of self. Mm. which I love about him and I sometimes find very challenging because I'm a people pleaser. I was raised to be incredibly polite at all times, apologising even if people bump into me, just like pleases and thank yous and being just incredibly conscious of any impact at all that I may have on Mm. anyone around me. And so having someone totally different to me like you and then like your son where there's it's so much more about standing up for yourself and everything. I really admire, but then I still don't know exactly how I feel about it because I also think having respect for your elders is also I know, important. but I, was, I completely agree. But also I feel like in that specific scenario, like she was wrong and he was right and <laughs> and that's and it's okay to be like, hey, that's not true, you know. And I – because yeah. remember, as I said, like I wish I had have said something, you know, at the time. And yeah. I just, and it kind of like – it was also like it took me a moment to be like, what? Like – that's obviously not true. How do I even like unpack this? Like, do you know? Yeah. Because often I'll just, you just let it go and you're like, oh, whatever. I know. It's so kid. interesting, isn't it? Because also I think part of it for our son was just that he wanted to have a snack and yeah. he couldn't understand why someone would say you should be hungry. Yeah. When you're hungry. Yeah. And obviously it's a you thing know? of like, you're not going to have like five bananas like half an hour before dinner. But just this, it wasn't framed like that. It was like kids should be hungry throughout the day and whatever. And it's like, get fucked. You know what you're talking about. Oh, anyway, I yeah. just, yeah, it is. It's Walk so into the fucking ocean. Jay, Jesus. All right. Let's <laughs> anyway, all sit that's back what I and relax. Said. Everyone has a different I should have opinion. said put stones in your pockets and walk that into the ocean. That is not funny. <laughs> Oh, my God. That is an awful thing to say. Anyway, it's about finding that balance, isn't it? Certainly is. Because the, the, the challenge for us in parenting our son 
is to mitigate some of that so he can still have that yeah, sturdy sense of definitely. self but be polite. Yeah, and not have to be like, you know, yell across the room about a person. Yeah. Correct. That, you're right. You're completely right. Yeah. As like an adult, obviously that is not an acceptable thing to do. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah and I, then, I loved it. And it's interesting, isn't it, because, yeah, it's about knowing your kid. Yeah. And because and on the flip side of it, you might have a child that would never raise their voice and speak mm. up and what you want them to do is build that in, internally yeah. in them. So it's about their personalities and... Yeah, mm. so I think he's lucky he has also, both of us. I, I think also you, you, I think you don't, you're not as like, you're not meek like at all. Like you'll let a lot of things slide until like you don't. <laughs> I, I've, I've found, I've seen you, like I, I'm not going to say specifically, but I've seen you make people like literally cry. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> no, it was great. And, and every time you've done it, I'm like, that was completely justified. <laughs> and I'm glad you did it. Look, for me, I like to listen. I like to listen a lot to see why people feel the way they do. And then I pick my battle. And if I think I've I've got something valuable to say that might genuinely change the way they think, um, I will say something. You're really good at like talking to somebody like you're agreeing with them, but you like twist it on them. And I watch you do it. Like I've seen you do it like (laughs) hundreds of times where you've talked to somebody and they'll say something insane. And I'm like, huh, that's and I and I my reaction is to like say nothing or like fire up. But you can be like, oh, that's interesting because and then you will somehow like I don't even know how you do it. It's like watching somebody like play 4D chess. And you see the other person like agreeing, and then slowly they're like agreeing with a thing that they don't agree with. It's <laughs> I think you do it to me too. <laughs> I do sometimes. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do like this mop you got me for my birthday. <laughs> I guess this is what I asked for. Do you know, I don't know why I'm, I don't know why I have that particular skill. I think part of it was my dad sat on a lot of committees yeah, for a lot of years. So he had a real too, skill yeah. with doing that. But I also think sometimes it's about really listening to someone because often they just want their opinion validated yeah, and they want to be heard. So it's about making it clear that you've heard what they've said, but then also trying rather than coming at them aggressively. I just don't think we change people's minds and hearts by coming at them aggressively. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right. But I, but Sometimes. I do think building a sense of like I hear what you're saying and I see where your perspective has come from. But have you ever thought about it from this way? Mm. Like for instance, there was an example where someone was going on a rant about how you know kids these days and gender basically. I you love know that, that it's kind my of thing. vibe. And I sat there listening to it and I was mortified but I just kept listening and then in the end I tried to explain it to them. I said, I, I see where you're coming from because it is very different from what you would have grown up with, yeah. you know, and change is really difficult to wrap your head around. <laughs> I saw this unfold. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it happen. As soon as you started talking, I'm like, I know exactly what this is. <laughs> but then I kind of said, but then also I know as a, um, a teacher but also as friends who I have or high school teachers would say that this conversation People who are transgender or non-binary have always been with us. Mm. And by denying those identities exist, we're then causing a lot of incredibly painful mental health issues. And maybe your daughter and and in your family isn't non-binary and has never had a question about their gender, but that doesn't mean that your neighbour might not or that her, if she ever has kids, maybe her kids might. Mm. And I think it's a really valuable thing. It saves lives. Yeah, absolutely it does, yeah. to think about. 
yeah. Anyway, I don't. That was sort of how I got there. I don't know. That, yeah. Anyway, I loved it. It was great to watch. I enjoyed it. Yeah, but but and I, I it was interesting to watch actually because I don't know if I really changed their minds completely, but I do think I saw in their face that they were annoyed. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I saw them kind of thinking, like pausing. Because I think sometimes people say comments and they don't expect to no, be And I think it's also challenged. just stuff they're that they, just saying things. they hear. You know, it's like read. It's like, oh, there's everybody's got a different gender. Burr, uh. Yeah, right. Like in my day it was bloody burr. It's yeah. like, yeah, was it great? Yeah, it's sort of, and, you know, it's that sweeping statement that they make because they've never had a, it personally touch their family or the mm. people they know. And I think that it changes everything once it does. But so, but what that does do, the reason it changed, this is what I'm getting at, the reason that it changes people's hearts and minds is because it's empathy. Yeah. Because someone they love or someone they know is affected. Yeah. And so the exactly. way to change exactly. the way people think is to start from empathy. Mm. And so that's what I try and do in these conversations is like somehow elicit empathy. Yeah. For people that maybe they previously had never thought yeah, about. Before. I think that's how like in Australia at least and probably the place in the world where this has happened where like gay marriage was passed was because at this point enough people were comfortable enough to come out and, and be openly gay. And so everybody knows somebody who's mm. gay. I mean it, I would be shocked if somebody like didn't know anybody. That would be baffling to me. Yeah, but, exactly. And so people were like, yeah, no, my neighbour's gay or my niece is gay or whatever. And they're like, yeah, thank you, man. I don't give a shit, whatever. You know, because they see it as an like actual people and I think that's slowly changing with non-binary people as well where, where people, you know, who present that way are becoming well more open and you see it more and then I think people realise, oh, these are normal regular people. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah. I, used, I probably used all the wrong words there but I, I think I got my point across or I didn't. Anyways, it's Sip Turtles, Claire. Did you know that? I did. I keep hearing this phrase around. No, it's love my it. birthday month. It's not Sip Turtles. No, it's Sip Turtles and last week the Queen died and Sip Turtles was cancelled and this week also I've run out of time. Sip Turtles will continue next week where I pick, a, pick something Ninja Turtles to talk about. God damn it, Claire. God damn everything. <laughs> Sip Turtles is a, an absolute shambles. I know. I did it on purpose. I did it on purpose because I didn't want to talk about goddamn Ninja Turtles. It's interesting because, and I'm also, I, I need to stress this, I'm upset and I feel like the only way perhaps that I could be soothed is by people leaving a wonderful five-star <laughs> review for this podcast. Yes, please, please leave us a review. Even if you have before, we would love you to really read another yeah, one. Yeah, because often leave it, for it, us. it disappears or whatever, or you can do it twice. I don't know. Uh, just you can do it in app, your podcast app of choice. This is from The Running Joke who says, uh, five stars, first of all, thank you. Probably a pretty good podcast. A couple of wonder wonderful people sharing their thoughts on a range of things. Would recommend. Wow, thank you. I only got a few more reviews to read out, so uh, any more uh, that you put in, I'll, I'll definitely be reading them out. Don't even worry about that. Unlike Correct. the Weekly Planet, which has so many to read out. Oh, it's a more popular show. All right. Well, as I've said before, this little corner of the internet has the best listeners in the whole world. That's because. So if you are I'm, here, that's because you are top quality. I also want to point out that's because I'm filtering out lunatics. Because <laughs> to get to my podcast, you have to get through the YouTube channel, right? You have to go yeah. to the YouTube channel and go, I like this enough to go to a podcast. And everybody on YouTube, not everybody, but they, crazy people, Claire. <laughs> and then on the podcast, Slightly less crazy people, yes, regular yes, yes. podcast. Yes, On this yes. podcast, even less successful. Oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're, we've, we've, it's like straining a lemon. <laughs> All the pulp is uh, oh, is gone. I, I saw – this is sort of related to what we're talking about. I saw a, it was a statistic. It's like someone was complaining about it. I was like, why are there so many transgender and non-binary people now? They never used to be. 
And it's like, yeah, why do you think that is? Do you think maybe there wasn't like the education or the information or people weren't coming out like presenting that way decades past? And illegal, exactly. Like, why do you think there's more now? It's not just like, oh, cool. I want to, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make my life more difficult for a time. And, you know, because it's cool and I want to, you know, it's r- ridiculous. Ridiculous idiot point by an idiot. Anyways. <laughs> He's really on fire today. You've been super harsh. He told someone to walk into the ocean with rocks in their pockets. Yeah, you know what? I hope they do. I stand by that. Oh, that is a (laughs) terrible thing to say. Anyway, if you are if you are lovely like me and not horrible like James, yeah, (laughs) I'm joking. Um, you can also write into justabottage.com. We love to hear your recommendations, just like Ish has. Hey, Claire and James, hope you're well rested from your holes. Having two kids myself, holidays ain't really holidays, and I often need a holiday after my holiday. You ain't wrong. hear that anyway enough of my moaning on to my suggestible i saw this fantastic show on bbc this week called capture it starts off as police cctv surveillance witness an attack by an army officer attacking a woman at a bus stop but Mm. it all is not what it seems without giving too much away it goes on a windy road with government clandestine (gasps) meddling using technology james will like where it goes there's two seasons six episodes a pop The second season gets proper crazy with the plot, mixing, politics and tech. Now, I have to say, I actually have recommended this show before. Oh, this person's like me. But a couple of years ago. Yeah, what's um, it called again? And I wanted to remind people of it because it's excellent. What's it called called again? The Capture. Yeah, and it's it's I don't think I it's, this. it's really good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, a really yeah. good one. If you love a crime drama, as Holman. you know, I do. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, um, I remember you watching this as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, really, yeah. really good. So thanks, Ish, for reminding me of it. This is definitely my favorite show of the year. I was hooked from start to finish and watched both seasons in a couple of days. Anyway, off to feed the monsters. I mean, my son and daughter. Later's Ish from the UK. Nice. Thanks, mate. Uh, only two seasons, is that right? Yeah, just two seasons. I just really loved it. So if you're after a proper sort of BBC crime drama, highly recommend. Yeah, so thank you. Thank you, Rock Collins, as always, for reading this week's episode. Or was it me this week? No, it's it's still Collins. You're still doing it? Yep. Okay, well, thank Correct. you, Collins. Thank you to me for uh, for just being, <laughs> being, being an everyday it, you know? hero who's said some pretty mean things today on this episode. Yeah, I know. But I probably you know, shouldn't be so mean. But at the same time. It's part of your personality. Who's going to stop me? And your charm. Does anybody want me to change, though, really, at this point? <laughs> Is anybody thinking that I'm going to do that as well? Look, I've known you since I was 19 and to be fair, you've been relatively the same. I like to think that I've got slightly better. (laughs) You've got greyer. That's for sure. That's certainly true, Claire. You have got a slick haircut this week. I'm loving it. Fast haircut, they're called. A fast haircut. Fast, fast, yeah, because it's shorter on the side, so I'm going faster. I'm faster. (laughs) Like air more streamlined? Exactly. Is that actually a thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. I uh, see. Okay, well, that's been us this week. Kids are really quiet. We should check they on are. them. We should check on them. The monsters, as Ish said. Right. All right. Thank you and talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.